I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share from God's Word with you this morning. Pastor Josh is having a much-deserved week of rest and uh, relaxation, I hope, with his family. And uh, so uh, he has asked me to to fill the pulpit this morning on on his behalf and to share uh, with you the message that God has laid upon my heart. And so as we finish this year and look forward to the year ahead of us, we want to look at the theme of living as a new creation in the year ahead, living as a new creation. And of course, um, that follows exactly on uh, what Colin just read for us from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I continue to marvel year by year uh, at the Holy Spirit. I don't know why uh, you know, it surprises me the way that it does after all this time. But to see how the Holy Spirit works in different hearts and different minds to bring about an order of service so that even though uh, those who were choosing the songs in advance didn't know what I was going to preach about this morning, the passage that we were going to use at uh, this point in the service, yet everything has tied together so perfectly uh, in the songs from the beginning uh, until uh, the last songs and, inclu- and the, of course, the Scripture passages. And that is, uh, that is the work of God's Holy Spirit in his church, bringing things together for the glory of God, for the glory of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And so we look now to, to the Word that the Holy Spirit will continue that work Now, in each of us, individually, as we share in this time in the Scripture, that uh, God's Word will be made clear to us, that it will bring about changes in us, that it will bring about transformation in our lives, because that's the power of the Word of God. It changes us in order that we can grow in, in God's grace. Jesus Christ declared in John chapter 10 that He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Some of the Scripture translations say, have it more abundantly. Um, And so the question then comes, if that's why Jesus came, in order that we could have life and have it abundantly, then how can we enjoy that abundant life that Jesus offers to us in this new year as his followers? The Apostle Paul gives us some help in this as he calls us to living as a new creation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, so let's take a look at what, what he has to share with us here. First of all, he says, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. To be in Christ means that we have put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness and cleansing of our sins and for his gift of eternal life with him in heaven. Uh, it's it's a, an act of faith that we have expressed in response to God's uh, provision of a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ and the promise of an eternal life with God the Father in heaven uh, that, that is ahead of us. And it's something that God works in us uh, it says, in fact, in the Scripture that he even stirs within us the faith to believe that uh, the promises that he has expressed to us concerning this uh, gift of 
forgiveness and cleansing and eternal life. And so then, once we have received God's promise and we have trusted in Christ for this forgiveness and cleansing of our sin, now we abide in Jesus as he explained it in John chapter 15 through the analogy of the vine and the branches. Jesus said, I am the vine and you as my disciples are the branches. And then he went on to draw or to expand upon that analogy that the branch has to be connected to the vine in order for it to draw life from the vine, which, you know, has its roots in the ground and brings up the nutrients and the moisture and all of that process. And so as all that's going on, as long as the branch abides, remains connected to the vine, then it draws its life from the vine. And Jesus says that's the same way that it is for us as his followers, as his disciples. He's the vine. We are the branches attached to him. And we draw our spiritual life from him moment by moment and day by day as we walk uh, by faith with him. And so here in uh, this passage, to be in Christ means to be abiding in him by faith. It means to be connected with Jesus in a personal relationship. So we're not talking about a code of ethics here. We're not talking about uh, a code of conduct uh, to which we have committed ourselves. We are talking about a personal relationship with God our Father in heaven through his son Jesus Christ, which comes about when we say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross in my place to pay the penalty of my sin and rebellion against God. And I believe that you now impart to me new life, abundant life, as I walk with you and live according to your grace. And so it's a daily and, in fact, moment-by-moment relationship of walking with Jesus in this personal relationship. And this is what Paul is talking about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So when we put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ, something remarkable happens. The old passes away. Isn't that great? <laughs> the old passes away. It's gone. God separates from us our sins and our guilt as far as the east is from the west, it says in uh, Psalm 103. And in several other places in the scriptures, it tells us about God forgetting our sins or not holding them against us anymore. The old has passed away. I was thinking of... Um, this excerpt from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, this is one of our, we didn't do it yet this year, so um, we, we don't have too much time to do this, but, but we might still be able to pull it off. Uh, from, from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, you remember the opening, Marley was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner, Scrooge, signed it. And Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. And he goes on to say in a couple of paragraphs later, 
The mention of Marley's funeral brings me back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful can come of the story I'm going to relate. So that, that's, that's the tack that, that Dickens took with A Christmas Carol that Marley was dead, and if we, if we didn't understand that, then none of the rest of the story would make sense to us. That's the same thing that happens here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We have to understand that in Christ Jesus, our old self, our old way of living is just as dead as Marley, just as dead as a doornail. It no longer exists. It's no longer associated with us. It has been separated us from us as far as the east is from the west, as I said a few moments ago. And so this is where we begin in understanding this wonderful passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 19. If you have put your trust in Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you've confessed your sins to him and sought his forgiveness and cleansing, then your past life of sin and rebellion against God has been forgiven in Christ Jesus. And in fact, as Paul states it here, your old way of life has passed away. <laughs> it is, it's gone. It has passed away. Remember Paul's challenge in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so there's a tremendous transformation that God has worked for those who are in Christ Jesus that that old self, that old way of life has died and been buried with Christ and now we've been raised with Christ into this new life that God has prepared for us. It's as Paul said in verse 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that those who are in Christ Jesus no longer live for themselves. Our old way of living has been crucified with Christ, and in fact, it has passed away. So the old has passed away, and as Paul says in uh, these verses, the new has come. Uh, once the former life of sin and rebellion against God has passed away, our new way of life is to walk with Christ Jesus and to endeavor to please him, as Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10. We're no longer the children of darkness, but now we have been made children of light in Christ Jesus. And so we are a new creation. I thought about Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so when God makes something new, he makes something new. Uh, in creation, God did not take things, matter, particles, anything that previously existed. When God created, he spoke, 
and through his creative word, things came into existence that did not exist before. And that's how this universe and this world in which we live came about. There was nothing, and then God spoke, and there was something because God created it out of nothing. And so when, when the scriptures talk about followers of Jesus Christ becoming new creations, we're talking about completely starting over. <laughs> we're not talking about a renovation. We're not talking about some kind of reconstruction or some kind of um, 12-step program whereby we rework the way we think and that sort of thing by taking the right steps. What we're talking about is a radical act of transformation that God the Father in heaven accomplishes for us through his son Jesus Christ and through the work of his Holy Spirit that the old has passed away and the new has come. And we are a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Not a makeover or a start over, uh, or not a makeover, but a start over in Christ Jesus. So our new practice of living is to serve Christ Jesus and his kingdom and those around us in Jesus' name. And we do this led by and empowered by the indwelling Holy Spirit and by the word of God. No longer relating to people around us on the basis of our selfish desires, we learn to share with them the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How are you doing with those? <laughs> Once I get in the car, I can tell you a couple of these I have trouble with. But uh, listen, the Holy Spirit of God has been given to us in Christ Jesus to dwell within us and to transform our minds and our thinking and our attitude and even the way that we relate to that person on the road, you know, in a way that honors Christ and brings glory to God our Father in heaven. And so the Holy Spirit is faithful to bring this fruit to bear in our lives so that it is what is expressed now through us instead of that old stuff that has died because it was buried with Christ. You see? Now, the old has passed away. The new has come. All this is from God, Paul says in verse 18 of this passage. All this is from God. I said earlier, it's not a makeover. It's not a resolution on my part or your part to walk better with Christ, to do a better job of imitating Christ. But it is a work that God is doing in us to enable us to be conformed to the likeness of Christ Jesus our Lord. It's not a self-help plan uh, whereby every January or December 31st I need to make New Year's resolutions of how I'm going to be better uh, in the new year, how I'm going to better reflect Christ in the new year or resolve to be a better person. It's not dependent then on my willpower or my faithfulness. I don't know about you, but <laughs> willpower and, and faithfulness aren't necessarily, you know, the best qualities of my life, especially when it comes to personal resolutions. And so thank the Lord, we don't need that for this to happen 
It is a work of God, a spiritual work that God accomplishes in our lives through that radical spiritual transformation accomplished by the grace and power of God through Jesus Christ as he imparts the life of Christ Jesus to us in place of our old life. Now, think about this in terms of some of the promises of Scripture. Let's look at the Old Testament first. These are just uh, three or four uh, uh, Two, I guess, from the Old Testament. Uh, There are others, but these are just two. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27, this is God speaking through Ezekiel, his prophet. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. Now, I had a red squiggly line under that because the word didn't like, didn't like that, but that's what it says. I will cleanse you from all your uncleannesses cleannesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you you remember how God confronted the people of Israel he said to them yeah you walked with me for 40 years in the wilderness but you also carried your idols along with you he said that's that's not my plan for you my plan is for you to leave that stuff behind and for you to walk with me in newness of life. And that's the way it is for us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those idols that we had set up in our lives are to be cast down. They're to be broken up. They're to be burned, uh, thrown into the river, you know, the dust thrown into the river, washed away. They're to be left behind, and we are to now walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. And God continues to say to the people of Israel through Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God is performing a spiritual heart transplant here. He's taking about our old calloused, stony, uh, sinful heart, removing it, and replacing it with a new heart that is a heart of flesh, a heart uh, that is moved by his love and that responds uh, in love to those around us. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk by my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So who's doing this walk with Christ? It's not we who are doing this walk with Christ. It is the Holy Spirit of God living within us who is enabling us to accomplish this walk with Christ. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And then in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, God said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So here again, God is doing the work here of implanting his word, implanting his law in our hearts so that that is what moves us in our relationships with people around us, of course, in our relationship with God himself. God is doing this, and we are experiencing the blessings of it as he is at work in us by his grace through his Holy Spirit. Now, let's go ahead over to the New Testament, and these are just some samples uh, from the pronouncements of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul, uh, you know, is emphasizing this truth for us again, that the old self, the old way of living has passed away. And now in Christ, we have this new way of living, and it is Christ living that new way through us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is the one who is at work in us, changing us, conforming us to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. It's not our doing that, uh, you know, following the rules and doing the right things that is bringing about this change within us. It is God who is affecting this spiritual work within us. And then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your, of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So once again, it's God who is affecting this, this transformation, this change in us, and this new way of living, and it's not something that we can accomplish by our good works. It's something that God does for us, and we receive it by faith. And so yet, there is that response to which we are called. Look at verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6. Now, we're going back to our passage, and you're going to have to turn ahead a little bit in your pew Bible if you're using that to chapter 6, verse 1. And here, the Apostle Paul says, working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. Now, I know I read a little bit farther than chapter, uh, verse 7 there. But I want, I want us to see that this is a work that, to which God has called us in Christ Jesus, that we respond in faith to the work that he is doing in us, and then we live for Christ by that faith. As Paul says, um, I read the wrong verses to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, what the, that's why it went so long. All right. 
Uh, those, those were still good verses, but they were the wrong ones. Uh, all right, here we go. What agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And then continuing... The next verse says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So God is doing this spiritual work. He's radically transforming us through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as as Christ has given himself on the cross for us to bring about this transformation. And our response is to say, yes, Lord, yes, as you are at work in me, I want to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. I want to walk in his ways. I want to walk in fellowship with you. I want to be your temple. I want you to dwell within me and to let your light shine through my life uh, and touch the lives of people around me. And so I have a response to say yes to the Lord, to receive him by faith, and to walk then in this way, uh, separating myself from the sin of the world, separating myself from unclean things, welcoming him and letting him be a father to me in order that I can be a child who is an imitator of my father in heaven, as Paul expresses it in Ephesians. And so this is this is the work that God is doing. And just a few weeks ago, Pastor Josh preached from John chapter 1 about the Word, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, coming from heaven and taking upon himself our humanity. And uh, this is another word that gets a red squiggle under it in your Word program. And tabernacling tabernacling. I guess that's not really a, a, a verb in, in the Oxford English Dictionary. Nevertheless, it is a spiritual fact that Jesus tabernacles with us as his disciples, as his followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that by his Holy Spirit, he lives within us. You remember when Moses led the people of Israel in constructing the tabernacle and in the, their time after they came out of Egypt? And so there were very specific instructions that God gave to Moses about how the uh, tent was to be constructed and what the furnishings of the tents were supposed to be, what the dimensions of those uh, furnishings were to be, what materials were to be used to make those furnishings. All of this was very specifically spelled out by God through Moses to the people of Israel in order that they would have a concept of heaven and of God in in his heavenly home and what it means for God now to be with them in this tabernacle where he caused his spirit to dwell in the midst of his people Israel. Well, now in Jesus Christ, we no longer need that tent We no longer need those furnishings. We no longer need those rituals. We have Jesus Christ who by his Holy Spirit dwells within us, and now we are the tabernacle of the living God. And it is through us that God now displays himself to people in the world around us, both those who don't 
know him and those who do know him. And it is a way that God now makes himself known in the world. So when Jesus came and lived among us, as it talks about in John chapter 1, that was phase 1, so to speak. And now we're in phase 2, where through the impartation of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter uh, in, Acts chapter 2, the Holy, uh, we now have the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide us in this um, walk with Christ and to be those that display the glory of God in this life. Now, how can we live as a new creation in the new year? All right, let me share some practical uh, helps for us. The first is take time to read God's Word daily, asking God to transform you by His Word. Uh, It is the Word of God that God uses to transform us and to conform us to the likeness of Jesus Christ. And His Holy Spirit is faithful to help us in that. You say, well, I read the Bible, but I don't really get anything out of it. Before you read, take the time to stop and ask God by His Holy Spirit to open your mind to spiritual truth, to help you to understand that spiritual truth, and then to give you the wisdom or the know-how to put that spiritual truth into practice in your life. And the Holy Spirit will help you. And the Bible will begin to make uh, more sense to you than it ever did. Read God's Word daily, asking God to transform you by it. Now, there are a lot of resources available. Uh, Elaine and I try to read through the Bible each year from Genesis, well, the whole Bible, all the books of the Bible. And we don't necessarily always do it from Genesis 1-1 through Revelation chapter 22. We sometimes use the chronological uh, reading plan. We sometimes, this last year, we used the plan where you read uh, three, two or three or four chapters from the Old Testament, and then you read a chapter in the New Testament each day. So you're having both Old Testament and New Testament each day as you go through Genesis through Malachi, Matthew through Revelation. Uh, and there are others, uh, others available as well. BibleGateway.com um, is um, a resource online. If you go onto that website, up in the upper left-hand corner, there's a a menu, you know, bars there, and you can tap on that, and it'll say uh, reading plans. And so click on reading plans, and it'll give you a list of reading plans that are available online. And you can just set that up on your phone or on your computer, and each day then you just bring that up, and it takes you right to the passage that uh, is assigned for that day's reading, and it'll get you through uh, the Bible, the entire Bible, in one year. Uh, You don't have to read through the Bible in a whole year. You can take your time, do it more slowly if you want to. That's okay. There aren't any rules about this. I'm just suggesting this to you that if, if you're looking for help and how to live as a new creation in the new year, uh, these are some resources that are available to you. And then the second thing, not only do we need to read God's Word, asking God to transform us by it, but we need to pray daily for the Holy Spirit to lead us in accordance with his word. And so what I mean by that is we begin our day by acknowledging that Jesus is Lord of our lives. And we say, Jesus, I want to live for you today. And we ask that God, by his Holy Spirit, will quicken our minds to, um, to the opportunities that are before us to display Christ in our world. Uh, part of our, part of our uh, uh, display, declare, and 
Delight. Delight in, delight in the Lord, right. And, and display Christ and declare Christ. Okay. And so that's, that's part of it. And so we, uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us then to do that in accordance with the Word of God that is dwelling within us. And then thirdly, we can pray for and look for opportunities to share the story of God's reconciliation of people to himself, as we see here in Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, with pe- those who don't yet know him. Uh, and, and I know Pastor Josh has uh, shared with us uh, on different occasions, on Wednesday nights in particular not too long ago, uh, and says, you know, it's not even for him. It's not that easy to engage in a spiritual conversation with someone. But, you know, God will help us if we will just make ourselves available to him. Uh, the first time I had an opportunity, well, not the first time I had an opportunity. Let me change that. The first time I personally led someone to the Lord through the scriptures was um, many years ago. <laughs> but... but I, I really was afraid because I was afraid I was going to say something wrong. I was afraid I was um, not going to say everything that needed to be said. I was afraid of all kinds of things, but I prayed and asked that God would help me in this, in this situation to share his word, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with, with this woman who had come to my uh, church office and uh, she had, she was distraught. Uh, she had just given birth uh, not too long before. I'm, I, I don't even remember how old the baby was, but it wasn't very old. And the baby was very sick. And she was very concerned for the baby's health and for, in fact, for its life. And she wanted me to baptize her baby. And um, so I'm thinking, okay, well, she, she comes from a different uh, perspective, you know, on all of this. But I didn't chastise her for that. I asked the Holy Spirit to help me uh, to share with her the good news of salvation and peace in Jesus Christ so that she would not be afraid for herself or uh, fearful for her baby's life anymore, but she could rest in the Lord. And God directed, as I was using a, a gospel presentation with her, it was a flip chart, and I would, I would um, share the verses with her on this page, and then there's some transition things that you say to go to the next page. Well, she was providing the transitions. She was asking the questions that directly led into the next page. Okay, well, let's see about that. Just flip the page over, and there it is. Because the Holy Spirit was at work in her, and the Holy Spirit was at work in me so that we could uh, accomplish this together, and she could hear the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, and she could open her heart to the Lord, and she could receive him by faith as her Savior and Lord. And so I always, I always talk about it, you know, we talk about um, uh, going out and, and picking fruit for the kingdom of God. Well, there wasn't anything about going out there and getting a ladder and climbing up, you know, and, and pulling the fruit off. All I had to do was take a basket and, and stand underneath the tree and have the fruit fall into the basket. I mean, that's what it was like because God was in control and God was doing it and it wasn't, it wasn't me. And so this is, this is the same for all of us this morning. When we have these opportunities to share the story of God's reconciliation of people to himself with those who don't yet know him, don't fret about it. Don't worry about it. Don't uh, get yourself worked up over it, but simply trust that the Holy Spirit 
will guide you and give you the right words to say. Start by just simply telling them what a difference this reconciliation that God offers has made in your life, and then let the Holy Spirit guide you from there in sharing uh, with those who don't yet know him. And then the fourth, uh, how can we live as a new creation in the new year, is to remember that God has reconciled us, and he has transformed us in order that we can be agents of reconciliation for those around us. God has given us assignment. Uh, He has work for us to do in his kingdom. We're not just on the sidelines watching uh, others or, or waiting for Jesus to do something. Jesus has brought us in, and he has included us in his kingdom. He has made us uh, priests uh, along with himself to, uh, to share the good news with people around us, to share his grace in order that they also can hear and believe and be saved through Jesus Christ. Uh, so these are some uh, helps for us for this new year. How can we live as a new creation in the new year? Read God's word daily, asking him to transform you by it. Secondly, pray daily for the Holy Spirit to lead you in accordance with his word so that your own life will be um, a display of Jesus' life. And, and you can do that in the moment. You know, not just at the beginning of the day pray that prayer, but as you are in the marketplace, as you're at your job, as you're at school, wherever you are, in that moment when you have a choice to make, in that moment you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you make the right choice, and he's faithful to do that. And so it's it's a... Uh, and our relationship again that we have with him. And then thirdly, pray for and look for opportunities to share the story of God's reconciliation of people to himself with those who don't, don't yet know him. We're going to sing um, uh, a song in, in closing. I uh, want to invite you to uh, stand with me, and Paul and the team are going to come and, and lead us in singing the solid rock on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand, and as we stand on Christ, we are on a firm foundation that will enable us to stand in this year ahead as we live for him. Let's stand and let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that it can guide us in the year ahead as your Holy Spirit dwells within us and enables us to see your truth and then to respond in faith that we might walk according to that truth. Transform us, Lord, by your grace. Help us, Lord, to remember that the old has passed away and that the new has come because Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead on the third day. We also have new life in him. Teach us, Lord, to walk in that new life that you may be honored and glorified in us and that people around us may come to know Jesus just as we have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.